The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, December 20th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Steve Hellwagon. Steve, let's start out with an interesting story from your end. You were mid-flight on Friday on the way to Vegas to cover the Ohio State-Kentucky basketball game. When word came down that the game was canceled because of a COVID outbreak in Ohio State's program, so how did you get the word? Just tell the listeners that interesting story. Yes, it was actually Thursday afternoon. We had had football interviews, I think, from 11.30 to 2 that day, and I was on a 2.20 flight. So I went to the first hour of the interviews and then bugged out and headed over to Port Columbus and met my son who came in, and he and I and a friend of mine and his son, who's a college student, the four of us uh, were going out. Uh, They were going, obviously, had tickets to go to the Ohio State uh, versus Kentucky game, the CBS Sports Classic there in Las Vegas. And so we're about 90 minutes into the flight. We're over Missouri somewhere. We're on a direct flight uh, out of Port Columbus going to Vegas. And my son said, oh, I think there's some news. And we got on, you know, these planes are equipped with uh, Wi-Fi. So we get on there and we see that Ohio State's made the announcement that uh, they had to cancel and pull out of the Classic. And the team was supposed to fly on Thursday from Columbus to Las Vegas. But apparently everybody needed to be tested beforehand. And Coach Holtman had actually done uh, an interview segment with the local media at 930 on uh, Thursday morning and Adam Jardy from the dispatch had asked him because there were starting to be COVID cancellations all over the country, asked him, uh, you know, what are you guys doing about this? Is there raised awareness about this, what you should and shouldn't be doing, you know, to kind of stay away from uh, situations where you might contract the virus or whatever, even a breakthrough case. And Coach admitted that there had been some breakthrough cases with the staff during this past year, but he gave you no inkling or inclination that anybody had tested that day and perhaps didn't even know because they were going to practice. And presumably, you know, before or after practice or whatever, they had these tests come up and they've shut down everything. I don't think they're practicing as a group. I assume people are getting individual workouts who are healthy enough to go in and do that, and they've already canceled the game for this week against Tennessee Martin. But uh, here we are, 90 minutes into the flight, and I suppose had we known before the flight, we would have all put our heads together and figured out if we were even going to take the trip out there. But uh, you get out there, and – you realize really quickly that if you want to come back a day or two earlier, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg, you know, to upgrade your flight to another day. 
on less than seven days notice. Plus, I'd already prepaid for the hotel room. We stayed at the Luxor, which is walking distance to the T-Mobile Arena, and we had a great time. I mean, it turned out to be a great weekend to sit there and watch all the bowl games. I think there were two bowl games Friday, six more on Saturday, plus uh, I believe one NFL game Saturday and a slate of NFL games yesterday. So, and some college basketball. I mean, uh, there were some college college basketball games mixed in there as well. So, we had a kind of a regular uh, cornucopia of sports to observe and enjoy there at the sports book, and uh, we had a, a fun time. I had not been to Vegas, Dave, in probably uh, 10 or 11 years other than we flew out of there after the Clemson-Ohio State game in Arizona a couple of years ago. Uh, my family came out, and the, the best way for them to get to Arizona was through Las Vegas. So we drove to Las Vegas and flew home on like a red-eye flight, so I was there for about six hours then. But I really hadn't been there in about 10 or 12 years, and it's changed quite a bit. Uh, the city center is new, although I didn't even go over there for some reason. I guess that's the one place we didn't go. Uh, we went down to the Circa, which is brand new, and they have a, a, a huge uh, sports book there and outdoor sports book with the swimming pool and everything. Although the temperatures were only in the 50s, so there wasn't a whole lot of, of swimming going on, but uh, that's something you got to see to believe. And uh, just, just we had a great time. We we moved from property to property. I played low limit table stuff and and just kept it. Uh, you know, you don't want to get beat up too bad. And as it turned out, uh, ended up around even. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that. But uh, we uh, we had some good food and good company, and uh, just really enjoyed our time there. Kind of a three day getaway and back this week and and now uh beginning of next week right after christmas i'll be flying out to los angeles uh for the the bowl game so uh yeah a lot of, a lot of travel in a busy month here in december yeah we're just 12 days away from the rose bowl we'll get into that in a moment i do want to ask you because this is uh you know it's not just college basketball that's being hit nfl games are getting postponed as we know the browns game was moved from saturday until today there's two games that were moved from sunday until tuesday we have two games tonight uh, and then two games tomorrow, all because of COVID concerns. What the NFL has done, they've changed their protocols. They've now said, and I completely agree with this, if you're fully vaccinated, and they're just not going to test these players. These players, a lot of these players were asymptomatic, and they were getting tested even though they were vaccinated, and then they were moving games around. So the NFL's decided, listen, if you're vaccinated, we're just not going to test you. How big of a concern is this, if at all, for the rest of college basketball season? Maybe even, um, you know, we're, we're already in college football bowl season. Um, or is it not much of a concern? Do you think this might just be a blip on the radar, Steve? Well, I, they may need to change some protocols and policies uh, to, to mitigate what's going to happen to the schedule here the rest of the season. It's unfortunate that Ohio State and Kentucky did not get to play, although uh, Kentucky, after losing to Notre Dame last Saturday, it's obvious that Coach Cal got under the hood and uh, really had his guys fired up. Plus, you had such an emotional week for the state of Kentucky with everything that happened there with the, the weather. And they came out and played probably the best game I've seen a Coach Cal team play in several years on Saturday. And they, they just blew North Carolina off the map. And it was uh, actually Kentucky's first win over a power five conference team. So 
Um, I think in, in one way, Ohio State possibly dodged a bullet there because Kentucky, if they play like that, could have beaten Ohio State. I liked Ohio State's chances to win that game going into it, but uh, Kentucky uh, really played like a, a house of fire. And the unfortunate thing is the fans are not going to get to see Ohio State play Kentucky this year. It's not been rescheduled. And the same thing goes for the game this week, Tennessee Martin, that has been canceled. Ohio State will offer refunds uh, for that. And I have to give the people who promoted the CBS Sports Classic uh, credit as well. They gave anybody who asked for a refund, a full refund uh, prior to the games on Saturday or the game on Saturday, uh, which Ohio State and UCLA had fans in Vegas, obviously, who had come to see the game and got their, their full uh, ticket uh, purchase refunded. So I give the, the promoters credit uh, for doing that. Um, in terms of the season, I think you've got some, some definite problems. Ohio State their next game is against New Orleans on December the 30th, and I don't think they would have played back to Wisconsin on December the 11th, so that is a 19-day respite for them, and they were playing great basketball. They'd won, what, four or five games in a row there, Duke, Penn State, Towson, Wisconsin, maybe four in a row, and we're really starting to, to put it together a little bit, and now you have this respite. You hope it doesn't, uh, you know, uh, cause a problem for their season. And I think that, again, everything's got to be done for the safety and the well-being of the student athletes and the players. But if it is safe in general terms to go forward and have uh, asymptomatic players uh, playing in games, uh, then who, who may or may not have the virus, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. I, I it seems like that's maybe more of a common sense thing at this point, because otherwise uh, one of my friends tweeted on uh, put on Twitter, you're not going to have sports unless you uh, come to this realization, because it looks like we are going into uh, what's going to be a, a heavy situation with a lot of breakthrough cases. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not a, a <laughs> as I've said for almost two years now, I'm not an epidemiologist. So uh, I'll take whatever wisdom that people give me. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, rational thinking people should come to some kind of a uh, an understanding on this because, uh, you know, if the risks are infinitesimal, then, you know, I don't know why you don't go ahead and play. But uh, at any rate, uh, I'll leave that to the, to the people who do that. But otherwise, I think we're going to have to expect that uh, – uh, games are going to be canceled. Uh, you know, that Memphis, Tennessee thing was ridiculous that they got positive tests, you know, the morning of the game or whatever, and everybody's in Nashville and everybody goes away and there's no, no game. So that was, uh, that was a really sad moment. Yes. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Like I said, I think the NFL has now, uh, you know, has the blueprint, maybe uh, college um, athletics will follow suit there. All right, let's get into the Rose Bowl. 12 days away until the Buckeyes face off against Utah in the Rose Bowl. Buckeyes favored by six and a half. I've had a lot of people ask me, well, is Ohio State motivated for this game? You know, we were over there for, as you mentioned last Thursday, for on-campus media day for the bowl game. I got the sense, Steve, that the players are highly motivated. They're ticked off about losing to Michigan and all the negative talk about, you know, how they played and being called soft and all this. I get the feeling they're motivated for this game, um, but Utah is a good physical team. Your thoughts on this matchup and maybe how you feel about Ohio State's motivation. I don't sense that uh, outside of the building, there's a lot of anticipation uh, for Ohio State to play Utah just because 
Utah is not one of the big name brands in college football. I think, you know, some of the recent bowl games Ohio State's played that have been outside the playoff, like USC, there wasn't even that much excitement for them to play USC in the Cotton Bowl, and that was USC. And Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, Washington in the Rose Bowl, and then they've been in the playoffs the last two years. So I think outside the program, it's it's not that much excitement. I was told Ohio State was given 20,000 tickets sold 13,000 of them and returned the rest uh, to the Rose Bowl. I have not heard a figure on what Utah got or what Utah has sold or if Utah has now gotten into the Ohio State allotment and sold some of of the Ohio State allotment as well. I honestly don't know, but uh, I think there is more excitement, at least outside the uh, the teams from the Utah standpoint, because they're going against one of the big name brands with Ohio State. Now for the players, I think there's plenty of motivation, and I think the coaches have handled this perfectly. They have gotten behind the scenes, and they've had team meetings, and they have had very spirited, very physical practices, and they have made it a point to say we we need to prove a point to the nation that we are still the biggest, baddest guy on this block and go out and run the football and stop the stop the running game in the in the Rose Bowl and be a physical team. And I think that's what the mission is for Ohio State to prove to itself and to prove to the country that that, that was just a one-time situation. And, and, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, as I talk to people both in the sport and outside the sport, I think that it was just a matter of human nature. You had a situation where they, I don't think their heads were on straight uh, to start the game. You, you mishandle a kickoff. You fumble the first snap. It's cold. The, the fans are against you. Now you're having false starts because you're, you're, there's too much noise and you're, and you're making mistakes and you become tentative and you're no longer taking the challenge to Michigan. Michigan is, has landed one punch and sees an opening to land more punches, and now they're bringing the fight to you, and it was more than Ohio State could handle. So I don't think that this is a trend or or something that, oh, we've surrendered our position as one of the most physical teams in college football. I think it's still there. They just have to go out and prove it. I mean, they, this wasn't a problem until it was a problem. And I know there were defensive issues all season, and there were a couple of games where they did struggle to establish the run, but I think some of that, you know, had to do with other factors, but I think they're, they're plenty physical enough. They just have to go out and play to that level. And I'll be interested to see uh, what Ohio state team shows up. But as long as you got CJ Stroud on your side, I think you're Travion Henderson and at least Jackson Smith, the Jigba, I think you're going to be okay. That's exactly right. And uh, let's look at some guys that, uh, are not going to play or maybe are on the fence to play in the Rose Bowl and guys that are on the fence in regard to whether to come back next year or turn pro. Now, we know Cam Brown is coming back next year. That's great news. He let us know that on Thursday on Twitter. Earlier in the day, it sounded like he was leaning towards leaving when he was speaking with us. Then maybe he was trying to set it up so he could have his day in the sun, as I mentioned on Friday's show. I don't fault him at all for that. His moment in the sun there where he announced he's coming back. Zach Harrison's interesting to me. I had a chance to ask him. He's definitely playing in the Rose Bowl, but he's undecided if he's going to come back next year, Steve. And I asked him, I said, are you leaning one way or the other? You don't have to say which way, but are you leaning one way or the other? And he said, yes. I said, 
you want to tell us which way you're leaning? And he said, no. <laughs> so, which is kind of a funny moment. Uh, I said, I didn't, I didn't think you would, but I had to ask. So Zach Harrison will play in the Rose Bowl undecided about next year. It sounds like Garrett Wilson will not play in the Rose Bowl. It's, I don't think he was even at practice recently uh, for the Buckeyes, which jives with what I was told weeks ago that he was not going to play in the Rose Bowl. Obviously, Garrett Wilson's going to turn pro. Also hearing seven banks might not play in this game. He might turn pro. I, that's one of those guys, man. He might be you know, in danger of being an undrafted free agent if he turns pro. Um, your thoughts on some of those guys. Cam Brown, he's coming back. Zach Harrison on the fence for next year. Seven Banks sounds like he's out the door. Garrett Wilson sounds like he's out the door. Maybe I'm forgetting a few guys as well. Nicholas Petit yeah. for next year. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Cam Brown to me, uh, I think that's awesome that he has decided he's going to come back. And I think awesome in the sense that it's 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 a great move for Ohio State because I think when he's healthy, he has shown that he can be a Big Ten starting cornerback. And I think uh, he and uh, – the, the freshman uh, Denzel Burke uh, put together a good season playing together in the times that they did seven banks is kind of in a catch 22 situation because you have those other two corners. I just think back and I, I think these were the three guys. I think it was Damon Arnett, Kendall Sheffield and Denzel Ward. The one year you basically had three starters between two positions and they rotated. I think two of them started about every game and the, the other one you knew he was going to play quite a bit. And I, I sensed that that would be the situation, although there were games when it seemed like Banks was healthy and he didn't play. So I don't know, but, you know, perhaps he feels like he's been squeezed out at Ohio State. Uh, from his starting job and wouldn't be a starter at Ohio State next year, kind of like the Antonio Pittman quandary that uh, you knew Beanie Wells was going to be the guy, you know, well, I, I may as well go pro since there's no spot for me here, uh, which is a weird position to be in. So maybe he would transfer and play somewhere else where he knows he could start. I think he's just in a real catch-22 situation there, so I don't know. Zach Harrison would definitely benefit from a year coming back. Um, I don't know what to say about him. I, I try not to be too negative about uh, the players. I, I, the talk was that he worked so hard, was so committed, and everything else. And in the big games, he just—I I don't know that that he played uh, to a level that would say that this is a surefire NFL player. Now, you know, frontline NFL player first two-day draft pick, whatever, um, you know, which would be top four rounds, I believe. So I don't know what to say about him. I, top I three think rounds, that, yep. Yeah, I think he would benefit by coming back and putting himself in the first round with a huge year. With some of its scheme, I don't know. Was it, you know, was it, you know, there were times he was crashing inside and the ball carrier ran right by him and they got dashed in the run game. And, and was that scheme? I, I, I can't say. I don't know. What I was always told was he was playing his assignment. He was doing what he was supposed to do. And I, then my counter to that was, well, what he was asked to do was the wrong thing against that play call because they, they abused you. So um, to me, he's got raw physical ability, but is he a great football player? I think there's a little bit of a disconnect there. So I think I'd like to see more out of him before I'd plop down a first-round pick on him. And then, uh, you know, some of these other guys, Chris Olave, I feel like uh, somebody mentioned he was at practice but not practicing. Um, not sure what that means. If maybe he had a day off for mileage uh, or maintenance or whatever, you know, he's had some 
uh, little nicks and cuts here along the way and still answers the bell every week and, uh, you know, doesn't need to practice every day for three hours to get ready for this game, obviously. So I made the comment that I, I like Chris Olave and I like Garrett Wilson. I think they're, they're both, they're complimentary players. Garrett Wilson is this nine out of 10 athletic freak. Who's just going to make these high end plays, but the guys he's going against at the NFL are going to be nine out of 10 athletic freak cornerbacks. And I think he's got some great value, but I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Olave, who is a technician is a guy that sticks in that league for 10 years just because he does all the little things, route running, blocking, and everything else so well. So, you know, you have you have you're tantalized by what Garrett Wilson gives you, but is Chris Olave actually the better answer at the NFL? I don't know. So love them both. Um, I would hope that Chris Olave, that to me, it's a perfect sunset moment for his career, two hours from his hometown near San Diego to come up there and play in the Rose bowl in front of his family, probably 50 people and, 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 and have a day and Garrett Wilson, you know, does he need to put a cherry on top of his career with a huge Rose bowl? No, he's probably made himself. I know that Kuiper, I think had him at 20 and Olave at 25, something like that in the first round. Those are the only two sure first rounders. Nicholas Petit Frere to me right now would be a second or third round pick that Michigan game's got to give you a lot of concern he just, again, played very tentative to me. Uh, and obviously, uh, Hutchinson, you know, had a day for Michigan. Uh, so I, I don't know if one bad game is going to downrate him so much, but uh, he's a tremendous offensive lineman regardless. I would think he would benefit from another year coming back, but could also see if he sees himself as a second-round pick that, that he may as well just go on out. So those are probably the big ones. There, there just wasn't a lot. Unfortunately for Ohio State, there just wasn't a lot of high-end, high-end guys. I know Tyreek Smith got his degree, and that probably wrapped up his thought of playing again at Ohio State. I know he signed up for the Senior Bowl. He's another guy in the same Zach Harrison situation that would benefit if he came back, but he's closing the door on it. So, you know, good luck to him, and and I guess we'll just see what, what happens with these guys on the first. Good stuff from Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you to all listeners out there for tuning in to the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.